this spirit of prayer right now. Let's just stay in this uh, attitude of worship. I just believe that God's put something really cool together here. Um, And, uh, you know, one of the things that I just take great comfort in is that God loves this church more than anybody in this room does. Did you know that? Did you know that God has more invested in every single church than every single person because the church uh, is Jesus's, what what the Bible says, the church is Jesus' bride. Jesus died for the church. So God cares more for this church than anybody in this room. Did you know that? Did you know that? You gotta know that, man. And so, um, so I, I want us to pray right now, whatever God has laid on your heart. I just believe that God's got, got something really specific that he wants to talk to us about today. So uh, just in this spirit of prayer, why don't I just give you a moment of silence? I want you to talk to God, okay? I want you to talk to God about what God is saying to you, what God is speaking to you, where your heart is. Maybe you're not a person of prayer. You don't even believe in God. What if right now you just said, God, if you're there, why don't you just show me, Okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that right now when we come to you in prayer, God, we can know that, God, you hear us. We can have the confidence that, God, when we come to you in Jesus' name, you hear the prayers of your people. And So, God, we just come to you right now, and God, I, God, I pray for every single person that's in this room right now. And God, I know there is hurt in this room. There is there's brokenness in this room. There's confusion in this room. A lot of people are going through a situation, a circumstance, and they have no idea why that's happening to them. There's somebody in this room, God, and and they're just questioning whether or not you're really good to them. And so, God, we just come to you, a bunch of people, a bunch of different hearts, a bunch of different needs. And, God, we thank you first that you are a big, great God that you are bigger than our hurts, that you are bigger than our needs. And God, we pray that right now you would just comfort us. God, would you just come right now and speak in this room? God, would you come right now and have your way, God, in this room? Father, I pray that that Jesus, over the next few moments, God, even with what we're gonna talk about today, I pray that you would just break open our hearts to see who you are. Because God, we don't wanna come and sing and hear somebody talk and we never encountered you. We want to meet with you today. And God, you want to meet with us more. You have more invested in this hour than anybody in this room. You are not far off in heaven looking at this with no interest. You are all in right now. And so God, would you speak? Would you move? Would you heal? Would you show yourself for who you are? And God, we will give you the glory for it. Because, God, we need you. We need you. What we need more than anything is you. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, who is alive for us, beat death for us, is at your right hand for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. I feel like we've had church already. Man, let's thank God. Hey, um... Really quickly, I want to I do something before, I want to say something before I jump in. 
uh, to the sermon this morning. I've got, a, I've got an announcement that I want to make uh, to our church. I want to talk to you about something. Uh, about a month and a half ago or something like that, I stood up here and I just talked about how um, God had really given me a real, like a burden, just a real passion, a burden to pray every day for real revival, real spiritual awakening to happen in this community in this region, do you remember that? And I asked our church, hey, would you join me in that? If that kind of rings true in your heart, would you join me in praying every single day that God would just do something that he's never done in this region? Um, because I just believe our region right now is in a prime position for a move of God. I genuinely believe that, all right? And, um, and so I started to pray, and, uh, and, and our staff began to pray. Our, a bunch of leaders started to pray, um, and... And, and it, well, let, let, me say, let me say it this way. Um, later on that week, uh, Creighton Spurlock and I were approached by another pastor, Jody Maggard of Happy Free Will Baptist Church. He came to us with an idea of something that they had wanted to start. Uh, and, uh, and, and so we began to talk, and we began to talk about this idea of revival, of real spiritual awakening happening, of something, uh, of just God doing something in this region that he's never done before. And did you know in John 17, 1, uh, Jesus is praying, and Jesus actually prays in John 17, uh, in John 17, rather, in John chapter 17, Jesus prays, Father, I pray for them, he's talking about the church, I pray for them, you and me, I pray that the church would be one just as you and I are. So, I mean, Jesus literally prayed, God, I pray that the church is unified. I pray that the church would come together, because when the church comes together, we can make a greater impact together than when we can separately in our own buildings. Amen? You, we really can. And so, so we began to talk and we began to pray that God would just do something among churches in this region. And so uh, over the past month, month and a half, that has led to uh, an event that is literally unlike uh, this is not the answer to the prayer, but we do believe, I believe, that this is a part of the answer to that prayer. It has led to an event that we are going to do later this year called Come Alive. And Come Alive, the very first weekend of October, we have begun to, we, we started to talk to all kinds of churches here in this region about coming together for a weekend. Uh, just the entire body of Christ, all the churches who believe in Jesus, preach the gospel, and I'm talking non-denomination, Baptist, uh, Methodist, Pentecostal, I'm talking, you know, all kinds of, I don't care what your camp is, if you love Jesus, sing about Jesus, preach Jesus, we've come to a lot of different churches, and so what's happened is we have come together as a group of churches, and that group is getting bigger, honestly, by the day, uh, and we are, Summit will be a part of this, actually our church is, is is about with about five or six other what we're calling the core group of churches trying to put this together. But the very first weekend of October, the first weekend of October, put that on your calendar. Do not go out of town. Do not plan an overnight somewhere. The first weekend of October, something is going to happen in Perry County that has never happened before. Okay? So on that weekend, on Friday night, on Friday night, Churches are going to come together, and we're going to meet in Perry Central's gym. And on Friday night, churches, Christians are going to come together in Perry Central's gym. It'll hold several thousand people. And on Friday night of that weekend, we're going to worship God, and we're going to pray for genuine revi revival, spiritual awakening in this region. That's all we're going to do. We're going to pray for that. We're going to pray for that. Saturday, 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 
Saturday, all of our churches will come together and we are going to have a day of serving this community. Large-scale service projects. We're going to get out of our doors, out of our church buildings, and the church is going to be the church in the city. We're, all churches are going to come together on that Saturday and we're going to show this region the, body of, the, the, the love of Jesus in a very tangible way on that Saturday. And then, and then, this is unbelievable. Listen, can I tell you that God is at work in this region in a way that he's never done it before? Can I tell you this? Can I, tell, I mean, God is working in a lot of different churches, not just this. I mean, God is working, people. God's, doing, God's up to something awesome. On Sunday morning, on Sunday morning, all of our churches, and right now we have 18 churches that have said we're all in on this. And on May 16th, we're having a meeting with every single church in this region. We're going to try to get every single church that worships Jesus to be a part of this event. But right now, we have 18 say, that said, we're all in. On Sunday morning, all of our churches are going to cancel church. We're going to have one unified church service at the, at the East Perry football field in those bleachers. And if you put chairs on the field, you can seat 5,000 people at that, at that field. And we are, we are going to have the largest evangelistic church service that has ever happened in this region on that Sunday. And that is exactly, listen, listen. And, and, and we, we've set it up, so it's not about Summit, it's not about Happy Free Will Baptist, Journey, Frontline, Hazard First Baptist, or any, any church at all. And, we're, and, and all those churches I just named are in on it. But we've said it, we're, we're going to bring in a speaker from, that's not around here so that nobody says, well, my preacher's better than yours. Well, you know, no, no, slap you upside your head. Uh, no, we're not doing that. Well, and, and we're, and, and, uh, we're going to bring in a band from outside this region. My worship team is prettier than yours. I tell people that all the time. I tell people that all the time. Because um, it's true. Amen, brother? Uh, and, uh, but, but no. Some speaker from outside, a worship band from outside, because we don't want that to be about any one church. We want it to be about Jesus, okay? And, and that Sunday morning, that Sunday morning, that Sunday morning, it is 100% for people who are unchurched, far from God. We want to bring every single thing that has a pulse and doesn't know Jesus to East Perry's football field, and we are praying that God would do something we have never seen before. It is called Come Alive. It is the first weekend of October. And if you miss it, I think you make horrible decisions. I do. We're going to Lexington. Well, oh my gosh. No, don't. Come to this. It's going to be amazing. So, so put that down. I want you to pray about it. You're going to hear a ton about it. You're going to hear a truckload about this event because we have to get ready for this starting today. I mean, start, so we've been getting ready for We've been talking about it. We're getting ready for it. You're going to hear more about it, but it's called Come Alive. I want you to remember that. All the, the uh, several churches were announcing it this morning, so I wanted you guys to know, man. Be, I'm fired up about it. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. All right. Uh, Hey, so, uh, so here we go. So today, last, sir, last Sunday uh, in our series called How to Ruin Your Life in 30 Days. Today we are wrapping up our series that we've been doing about the life of Samson. And if you've missed any of these services, any, of, any parts of the series, you can get them on our app. You can watch them on our app. You can go to our website. It's all there for you. But, but, but here's what we've seen. Over the past three weeks as we've looked at the life of Samson in Judges 13 through 16, we've seen Samson murder over a thousand people. We've seen Samson... Use women. We've seen Samson 
Walk away from the vows that he made with, walk away from the God given vows that God had put on his life. We've seen Samson over and over and over try to run away from God. And listen, there's a lot of people here that I don't, I don't know a lot of you here, but here's what I know. I know that if we put Samson's life down on paper and anybody's life down on paper next to Samson, we all come out compared to Samson pretty good. All right? I don't care what you did last night. Bro, you've got Sam- Samson makes you look like an angel. Okay? I mean, if you put on paper your life and next to Samson's life on paper, we all come out looking pretty good. And, 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 but here's what I want us to see today. What I want us to see today is that the final word over the life of Samson is the final word that's going to be over the life of every single follower of Jesus. The final word that, was, that, that is over the life of Samson is the final word that could be over your life today. You're here today, you're not a Christian, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. This could be the final word over your life. So the final word over Samson's life will be or could be the final word over your life. And that word is grace. Grace is that word. Now, that's probably not the first time you've heard that word. I'm sure you've heard uh, that word grace, maybe on television. Maybe you went to church at one time in your life, and they sung amazing grace. Uh, But you've probably heard that word before. But what does the word grace mean? Well, I heard somebody say one time that the word grace means the unmerited favor of God. It, it's, 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 it's God's love for you, and you don't have to get anything for God to love, do anything for God to love you. You don't have to try to get God to love everybody in this room. God loves everybody in this room right now. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Think about it this way. Imagine, imagine that I get you a gift. And I buy you a gift, and, and I'm not talking like some little gift that you can put in like a gift bag. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about some, you know, gift you go to Walmart and buy a little something, put it in a gift bag. I'm talking I buy you your dream house. I did that for you. You're welcome. I didn't really. But imagine that. Imagine that, that your dream, the car you've always wanted, I buy that for you. Imagine I buy you and your family an all-expense-paid vacation to the destination of your dreams. And it's not your birthday, and it's not Christmas, and you didn't do anything to deserve it. In fact, you've done everything to completely not deserve it. You've ran my reputation through the mud. You've, tried to, you've spread all kinds of rumors about me, stabbed me in the back, and hurt me. But you know what? Because I like you, I've bought you an extravagant gift that you didn't deserve. That's grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God. So we are saved, we come into a a relationship with God through grace. So baptism doesn't save, coming to church doesn't save, listening to Christian music, watching Christian movies doesn't save, knowing a little bit of the Bible doesn't save. The only thing that saves anybody is the grace of God. That's why anybody in this room right now or anybody listening, watching the video, anybody here today can come to God. It doesn't matter what you did last night or three years ago. Anybody can come to God today just as you are. And when you come to him, his arms will be open, you will be welcome, you will be received. You will be forgiven because God is a God of grace. I don't know if you heard that God is all about rules. No, God is all about grace. So grace is what saves. But here, every every Jesus follower in the room, you need to know that not only is grace what saves us, it's our relationship with God from beginning to end. It is all about grace. 
So it isn't that grace saves you, and then what keeps God liking you and interested in you is you start going to church, maybe you give a little, and then you read the Bible. You're trying to keep God happy. Yeah, you were saved by grace, but you don't want to disappoint God. No, 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 no. Your whole relationship with God from beginning to end is all grace. It's all grace. The reason God never ran away from Samson is grace. So here we go, we're at the end of Samson's life. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up. Uh, turn it on on your phone or whatever you're packing today to Judges chapter 16. Judges 16, verses 21. We're going to read all the way down through verse 31, the end of the chapter. This is the end of Samson's life. Remember, God called Samson before he was born. God told Samson's parents in Judges 13, Samson's going to make a huge difference. Samson is going to begin to deliver Israel from their enemies, the Philistines. And Samson, through a series of decisions, just started walking away from God, making horrible decisions, blowing the opportunity that he had in front of him. But God kept using Samson. God never walked away from Samson because of grace. So let's watch the end of Samson's life. Verse 21 says this, And the Philistines seized him, that Samson, the Philistines capture him, and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shekels. And he ground at the mill in prison. We talked about this last week, but the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now, if you're here for the first time, you're thinking, well, that is the weirdest thing I've ever read. Why does that matter? It matters because Samson was a Nazarite, and a Nazarite is somebody separated for God's service. They were going to live for God. And a Nazarite, at this time, they had three vows. They would never drink alcohol. Samson did that. They'd never touch anything dead. Samson did that. And they would never cut their hair. Samson did that. So when it says that Samson's hair begins to grow back, that is God's grace in Samson's life. That's God saying, listen, Samson, I'm not going to leave you. Let's keep reading. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God has given our enemy into our hand. The ravager of our country who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, call Samson that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and there he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars. And Samson said to the young man who held him by the hand, let me fill the pillars on which the house rests that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. And on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Then Samson called to the Lord. That's the first time we've seen Samson pray. And said, O Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once. O God, that I may be avenged in the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grabbed the two middle pillars on which the house rested and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all of his strength and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he killed during his life. Then his brothers and all his family came down, took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtael in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had judged Israel for 20 years. I want you to see three things about grace today, church. Three things that you need to know about grace. If you're taking notes on the app, writing them down. First thing you got to know about grace is that we all need it. We all need grace. Don't look at Samson's life if you've been here every week or you go back and you listen to it. Maybe you know a little bit. Don't look at Samson's life and think, listen, that dude needed grace, but me, not so much. I'm way better than that cat. Don't we, don't we do that? 
Those people are messed up, but not what? Not me. Those people make bad decisions. I'm not pointing to you people. You people make great decisions. These are the people that make bad decisions. Those people make bad decisions. I just kind of feel like, why is he pointing to me? Um, th- those, you ever do that? Look at the world that way? I'm convinced that's the problem with the, out there on the roads today. When I'm, when I'm driving, I just think this. If everybody was as good of a driver as I am, we'd all be better. Right? If you wouldn't drive 35 and a 55, you would actually drive 75. That would make my day. Sorry, sorry, right? Do you ever think that? I, listen, those people need grace. Not really me. And listen, when we think that, it shows that we don't get how grace works. See, I don't need grace because of who I am compared to you. I need grace because of who I am compared to God. I, I need grace because of who I am in light of who God is. See, the Bible says that God is absolutely perfect. I'm not. The Bible says that the Bible says that God can't be in the presence of sin. I sin all the time. The Bible says that God is absolutely purely 100% holy. I'm not. Here's here's this, here's this. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. This is God speaking about himself, and God says this. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. We can say all kinds of things about God, but here's one thing I want you to know about God, church. God is different than all of us. The way God thinks is not the way that Mark Holmes thinks. The way God does things is not the way that any of us do anything. People say all the time, well, I think God's like this. I feel like God is like this. No, 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 no. What has God told us he's like? Because you got to know God's not like you. I just find it real convenient when people read the Bible and they come to something that kind of rubs up against their life and all of a sudden they get real philosophical and say, well, you know what? The Bible's been changed over thousands of years. We've lost the original meaning of the text. We can't really know what the Bible says. But then they read something they like and surely that's from God. I just find that real convenient. Well, I'm reading, listen, listen. If God thinks differently than you and me, of course we're gonna read things in here that we don't like. If God does things different than I would, of course I'm going to read things in this book and look at it and say, I wouldn't do that. But I'm not God. Neither are you. You got to know God is is different than us. Here's how different than us God is. If somebody hurts you, does something to you, or does something to your family, what do you want to do? I know we're at church. Don't say, well, brother, we just pray for them. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want to strap a bazooka to the minivan and hunt them down. That's what you want to do, right? You want to get them back. You want to do to them worse than they did to you. Listen, we've all stabbed God in the back, and you know what God did? God sent Jesus, his son. God gives grace. See, when I look at who God is, I need grace, and in Christ, that's exactly what I get. I get grace. Grace is the reason that anybody can come to God today. Grace is is the reason that any Jesus follower in the room, it doesn't matter what kind of week you had, any Jesus follower in the room, you can know that you can never walk away from the grace of God because it's grace. That's why you can have the confidence that what God started in your life, he's going to finish. It's because of grace. That's why you can have the confidence that when this life is over, you're going to live with him forever because of grace. First thing you got to know about grace is that we all need it. I don't care if you're 8 or 80. We all need grace. Oh, but here's the second thing. 
grace. Grace doesn't mean there's no consequences for sin. Grace doesn't mean there's no consequences for sin. I mean, make no mistake about it. When Samson dies, Samson has started to deliver Israel from their greatest enemies. But you know what? Samson still died. He was still a slave. He still had his eyes gouged out. He was killed with Israel's enemies. Why? Because grace doesn't mean there's no consequences for sin. Grace doesn't mean there's no consequences for sin. See, make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. Grace means that no matter what, you can go to God, say, God, forgive me, and God will absolutely forgive you, right? Make no mistake about it. John read it. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to God, God is faithful and just to forgive us for all our sins. It doesn't matter if you've done that thing one time or a million times. Every single time you go to God and you ask God for forgiveness, God will instantly forgive you because of what Jesus Christ did for humanity. But listen, you've got to know that just because God forgives vertically, it doesn't mean that horizontally the consequences go away. So God might forgive you, but they might not. Vertically, God can totally wipe away your past, so you, it doesn't define you anymore. But horizontally, it's still on your resume. And people ask me this sometimes. They say, well, why? Why doesn't God remove the consequences? I think there's probably a thousand answers for that. But let me give you one. I think one reason that God doesn't remove the consequences for sin every time is because our Heavenly Father wants His kids to know that sin is awful. A couple of weeks ago in our house, I don't know why, out of nowhere, my daughter Cassidy, my oldest daughter, she comes to me. She says, Dad, you know what I've always wanted to try? Sushi. I said, that's weird. Um, because we're not sushi people. Um, and uh, <laughs> we're not. I don't know where it came from. And so, but it was weird because a couple days after that, we were on a Saturday night, we were having, a, uh, we were in Lexington and we were with all kinds of family and we were at a restaurant and somebody ordered sushi for an appetizer. And I said, Cassidy, here's your shot. Go for it. Dive in. And so she said, give me some of the sushi. And so they put some sushi on her plate and it looked like sushi. And um, <laughs> it just was. And uh, so she eats one, she eats one, and she, she's, she's, she brings it to her mouth real slow. And she said, she said, that's, she said Dad, that's not bad. That, that, one, that one's not bad. Now the other one, has anybody ever put food in front of you and secretly you thought, I'm, I know no human being should ever eat something like that. That's what the other one looked like. <laughs> so I said, eat that one, see what happens. <laughs> I'm such a good parent. And uh, that's why, Mark, why don't you preach on parenting more? Because I do stuff like this. And... Uh, I don't know if I've screwed them up yet. Um, so I said, eat that one. See what happens to you. That's really what I said. And so she grabs it. She's, and as soon as she ate, as soon as she took her first bite, the look on her face was total disgust. I thought she was just going to blow chunks of sushi all over the restaurant, man. And, 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 and instead of spitting it out, she actually forces it down. She swallows it. And she looks at me and under her breath, she says, I will never do that again. I think God, I think that God, our Heavenly Father, doesn't always remove the consequences of sin because he wants his kids to look at sin and say, I will never do that again. I'll never do that again. 
Hey, can I say something that's totally, probably irrelevant, sounds really old-fashioned, but I think that our church has got to hear it today? I want you to know this. Summit, sin is awful. It is. Sin is awful. Hey, sin will always take you further than you want to go. It always will. It never fails that I talk to somebody and they're struggling with something, some kind of counseling session. It never fails that I hear something like this. People look at me all the time and they say, Mark, I can't believe that I'm here. Mark, I don't know how I got here. And you know how you get there? It's because sin will always take you further than you want to go, church. I mean, think about what sin costs God. Sin costs God everything. It costs God his only son. Grace is free for you, but it costs God everything. Jesus was tortured, died for my sin. So yeah, there's grace. God forgives, but grace doesn't mean that the consequences are instantly and always removed. They're still there. Because sin is awful. But let's end here. Last thing I want you to see. Last thing, number three. Number three. Third thing I need you to know about grace is grace wins. Grace wins. Can we all say grace wins? Let's all say it together on three. One, two, three. Grace wins. Grace wins. Hey, this is not the last place in the Bible you see Samson. It's not. It's not. It's not the last place in the Bible we, we, we see our boy Samson. Actually, the last place in the Bible that we see Samson is in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. If you've never read Hebrews 11, you should take about two or three minutes out of your Sunday afternoon today. I promise you won't regret it. Hebrews chapter 11 is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. It's not filled with perfect people, but it's filled with examples of men and women who trusted God, walked with God, and God just did radical things in their life because they had a little bit of faith. And so Hebrews 11 is the Hall of Fame, if you will, of faith. And in Hebrews 11, you'll read about Moses. You'll read about Abraham. You'll read about David. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, verse Verse 32, it says this, Hebrews eleven thirty-two. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, not the president. Just in case you were wondering. I didn't know he was in here. He's not. Um, there's no political statement there. Here, here's our boy, Samson. Time would, time would fail me to tell you about how Samson was a man of faith. And you're hearing this and you're thinking, listen, we just did a whole series. This sounds like that was a jacked up brother. Time would tell, fail me to tell of Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. He's saying, I don't have enough time to tell you about how, yes, Samson had issues and problems in his life, but listen, underneath it all, there was a God of grace who would not give up on Samson. And so the Hall of Fame of Faith actually ends in Hebrews 12 in the first three verses. I want to read it to you. I think it will be up on the screen possibly. It says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. See, God, by his grace, put Samson in the hall of fame of faith to show us that no matter how many times you fall, there is always grace to get back up. God put Samson 
right up there with Abraham and Moses and the big names that you would all know. God put Samson right up there with all of them to show us that no matter how many times you and I mess up, there is always grace to keep going forward. But see, Samson's, call, Samson's life is a call that we need somebody bigger than Samson. Samson's life is a reminder that I need somebody who can beat my sin. I need somebody who has overcome death. I need somebody, just like we saw Samson do a couple of weeks ago, Samson kills a lion with his bare hands, but you and I need somebody that has killed death with his bare hands, and his name is Jesus. See, we don't look. We don't look at Samson and say, what a failure. We look at Jesus and say, what a savior. That's what we do. That's what we do. We look at Jesus and say, what a savior. See, I want you to know, Summit, that over your struggle and over your sin and your doubt and your fear and everything messed up inside of every one of us, I want us all to know grace wins. That I'm not looking at my past. I'm not looking at my struggle and where I messed up. I am looking forward to Jesus, who is the founder of our faith, the originator of our faith, who got us running this race in the first place. And the Bible says, we just read it, Jesus is at the finish line cheering you on. Jesus is at the finish line looking at you saying, don't quit now. You are almost there. I'm not, I'm not giving up on you. I'm going to give you everything you need to keep going. He is at the finish line. And not only is he at the finish line, he will bring you through the finish line home to him forever. Because grace wins. It does. And so if you are here today and you are about to quit, would you just stop? Would you just stop for a second? And say, God, give me grace to keep going. Because I promise there is grace to keep going. If you're about to make a decision, and you've already got it planned out, nobody knows what you're about to do, and you've got it all schemed out, how you're going to get away from this, I can, I can promise you, you can take it to the bank. That's going to take you further than you want to go. And there is grace right now to stop and say, Jesus, don't let me go there. And he will. Some of you, you need to ask Jesus for his grace for the very first time today. You need to ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, you know where I've been, you know what I've done, and you love me anyway, and I promise that he does. That's absolutely true. If you go to God today, no matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, all you will find is a radical, relentless love, open arms, total forgiveness, and grace. Because grace wins. Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me right now? God, I just love the story of Samson because, because it points me to Jesus. I love that Samson was a man just like every single one of us in this room, person with inconsistencies, struggles, contradictions, and he shows us how we need a Savior, and Jesus Christ is the Savior that we need. Father, I thank you for grace. And I pray for the person in here today that grace is boring now. They're used to it. God, remind us today that grace is amazing. God, remind us today that you are a God 
of grace. In fact, with every single head bowed, with every eye closed, no one is, no one is looking around. And you know, normally if you come here every day, every single Sunday, you know what I'm about to do. But I want to do something just a little bit different this morning. All I want to simply, I want to say this to you. If you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, would you just pray right now? Pray genuinely. Go to God and say, God, remind me about grace. Would you do that? Just pray, just pray it right now. Say, Jesus, remind me about grace. Re- remind me of how grace has saved me. God, remind me of how grace keeps me. God, remind me of how it's because of grace that you've got a stronger grip on me than I caught on you. That's awesome. Remind me that grace is going to be there bright and early on a Monday morning, and it will never leave me, and grace will bring me home. God, remind me about grace. Grace. Just pray that right now. Just pray that right now. I want to say to the person today, I want to say to the person today, you are about to quit. You're about to give up. You're about to do that thing. Maybe at one time you said you'd never do it. I want to say to you, That's going to take you further than you want to go. If I'm talking to you today, right now, would you ask God and say, God, give me grace to not go there. Give me grace to not do that. Do it right now. Pray that that God would do that. And And I promise that he will. I promise that he will. every head bowed with every eye closed. I wonder if there's anybody in here. You just simply say by raising your hand. Mark, God spoke to me today. Would you just pray for me? Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. God knows what he spoke to you about. Just put your hand up really high. God spoke to me today. Hands are going up right here, all over the middle. There's another hand. There's one right there. There's several right here up in the front. Towards the back, I see some hands. God spoke to me today. Would you pray for me? Go ahead and put your hands down. Now, Now, maybe you are here today and you need God's grace for the very first time. You want a relationship with Him. I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ to save you right now. You can start a relationship with Him right here in this moment. If today you want to do that, you want to experience the grace of God for the very first time, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just invite you to pray this prayer with me. These aren't magic words, but it's just trying to help you express what God might be doing in your heart right now. And if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and make all things new, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Save me right now. I give my life to you. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. Thank you for loving me and dying for me and coming back to life. I love you, Jesus. Amen. No one is looking around. No No one is moving. No heads are up or anything like that. If you just prayed that prayer, I want to celebrate with you today. I want to celebrate with you. I want to pray for you. If today's the day that you ask Jesus Christ to save you for the first time, or you're here today, say, Mark, I want to be saved today. I'm going to count to three, and as soon as I say three, I just want you to not even hesitate. Shoot your hand really high in the air. Straighten out your elbow and just put your arm straight in the air. Say, today's the day that the grace of God has saved me. One, 
two, three. Raise your hand right now if that's you. There's a hand right there. There's another one right there. Anyone else? Just put your hand up really high. Say, I want the grace of God to change my life today. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. God bless you for those hands. God bless you for those hands. I want everybody in this room just to look at me right now. Everybody in this room, Summit, would you celebrate that the grace of God saves, heals? It's awesome. And here's what I want to ask you to do before you go. I want everybody in this room right now, grab, go ahead and grab your connection card that you got when you walked in. And I'll tell you why those matter. We point you to them every single week. But I'll tell you, there's hundreds of people that come here every single week. And those cards give us an opportunity for us to know how we can help you, how we can serve you, how we can pray for you. We pray over every single card you give us every Tuesday. If we can pray for your family, put that on that card. But here's what I want to say. If today you gave your life to Jesus, we saw, I saw several people raise their hands and say, Today the grace of God saved me. I want you to take that card. And on the back of that card, there is a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Check that box. Check that box before you leave. Okay? And drop that card in one of the baskets of our volunteers. And at the back of this auditorium, there's free Bibles. We've got a green book for you called Seek First. They're also at the welcome table. But if you gave your life to Christ today, do not leave until you let somebody know. And you can check that on the back of that card. And listen, all we want to do is just help you in that new relationship with Jesus that you just started. Maybe you need to get baptized. Maybe you uh, want to take a next step, get connected here at the church. Just check, check that on the back of that uh, card there. But man, we're just so thankful that you came today. And some, aren't you thankful that God is a God of grace? Then I am. Don't you forget that this week. Don't you forget that this week when you walk through those doors, God is a God of grace. God's a God of grace on Monday, Tuesday, every day. God is a God of grace. So we're going to stand and we're going to pray for dismissal. Let's pray. Let's all stand. We're going to pray. Everybody stand up. We're going to dismiss the prayer. Father, we thank you that you're a God of grace, that Jesus is alive today, and it's because, it's because he wants to pour his grace out in our lives. And so, God, as we leave this place today, would you burn that in our hearts? You are a God of grace. We are a people who need grace, and in Jesus we get more grace than we could ever imagine. Thank you for people giving their lives to you today for the first time. Thank you that, God, there is always the opportunity to come back to you. Thank you, Jesus, that no matter what, you are a God of grace. And we celebrate you today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hey, guys, I love you. You're dismissed. Love to connect with anybody that's new at the welcome table. Thanks, guys. You're dismissed. Worthy is your name
Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone,